This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. came back after we had severe technical difficulties and basically she's going to do a redo because we had to redo the entire podcast which is Bernice Burgos okay (laughs) so having me back ladies (laughs) absolutely we had to we anyway it was all my fault audience who's listening (laughs) here in North Carolina I froze they kept going it didn't work out okay so we have a sponsor Skunk Brothers Spirits So Skunk Brothers Spirits is a veteran-owned distillery in Washington State, and they make some of the most amazing things. You can check them out at Skunk Brothers Spirits, and there will be a coupon code in the um, notes because they haven't sent it to me yet as we're recording this, but it will be. But I made something very interesting because I discovered I live up here in Tennessee, Tennessee. I live up here in North Carolina, and it was 30 degrees here today and I had left my window open from yesterday. So needless to say, I made myself a hot toddy as my beverage, which is hot water, honey, lemon juice, and whiskey. And the whiskey I decided to use was actually from John Dover had this made for his um, uh, once upon a thing in the West and it's called Aftermath and it's a uh, corn whiskey. So um, I use that to make a hot toddy from Skunk Brothers. I'm super excited. This was a limited run. I'm not sure if you can still get it, but they do have other corn whiskeys. Um, CR, what are you drinking? I am back to rum and Dr. Pepper. I'm not doing, well, technically it's a zero soda. So I'm still doing my hashtag healthy from last night, but I didn't go as bougie as last night. Last <laughs> night was green tea and vodka, which yes, we discovered everyone in Beverly Hills is drink now drinking. Okay. Bernice, I know you have the most riveting beverage that the podcast has ever heard that you're going to share. Yes, I have this fantastic club soda minus the vodka. Or the gin. Or tequila. Anything involved. I'm still trying to recover from New Year's Eve, so forgive me, people. Yeah, that's what happens when you try to party hardy late in your 40s. I don't recover very well, so... <laughs> well, you have to keep it a continuous party like I do, and then you never have to recover. All you're doing is like I do a podcast and then just keep it going the whole time. Okay. So Bernice, because our audience didn't get to hear literally anything that was recorded on the last one, talk about what you write. So I basically write um fantasy, everything fantasy genre related, a paranormal romance. Uh, urban fantasy that's that's pretty much my jazz that's basically it (laughs) very cool okay I'm going to ask you some questions that were asked last time because anyway the ones I remember let's start with when did you start writing uh good question I've always been writing um I think it's always been more of a side hobby than anything so I've actually gotten published I think back in 2019 I want to say and um, I've been publishing books since then. So it's been very much a long journey as far as the writing goes. I've been doing it way back when, since I was a kid and just now 
getting all the pieces together and actually putting my work out there. Um, I think, funny enough, I don't know if I shared this the last time, I actually started out as a poet. So I was oh. in the big poetry scene back then. And that's pretty much where I was, I was inspired and just decided to be like, mm, okay, I'm just gonna gear away from this and just go into my fantasy, you know, cave and see what creativity can come from there. But yeah, that's, that's where I am. So if anybody happens to read my books anytime in the future and happen to see any kind of, you know, weird poetry writing, yeah, that, that'll be me. <laughs> Were you ever published as a poet? No, no, not at all. I've never, um, I've never gotten to the point where I wanted to publish my work, but I used to do a lot of stand-up, like um, go to a lot of poetry cafes and read my work there and do a lot of slam. I used to do a lot of slam way back in the days. So that that was kind of my scene back then. See, I've never been able to do slam poetry. I, Is I, the slam where they play the super slow like drums and stuff in the back or what is that? So yeah. <laughs> I love you. So are people thrown into walls as they're reading? I, you no, to, yeah. you know, like, like okay, so this is the only reason why I'm asking. One of the poets. No, so when I was a kid, one of my favorite movies was the Goofy movie. And you know how, like, when he goes to college or whatever, and, like, he had, the guy is dating, like, the slam poetry person, and they have the dude, like, banging the drums randomly in the background as she's doing the whole poet thing. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Are you talking about no, like, more the beatnik scene? I, I don't know. You're I, being, I have no idea. That's yeah. I love that your you know poetry knowledge is based on the Goofy movie. That's the best part. <laughs> I like have her reference because she was like doing the slow poetry. You know what? Never mind. Yeah. Okay. Pretty <laughs> enlighten Chelsea and our audience as to what slam poetry is. <laughs> it's pretty much fast-paced poetry. Um, think of it more of like rhyming you know, as fast as like you kind of can. Um, I wish I had something out that I can just read off the top of my head. It, it kind of gives more of a, of a rap vibe to it, but you're not exactly rapping per se. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> oh no, I'm totally, I have it on my list next to me. I'm going to look up slam poetry and I'm yeah. also going to send both of you the goofy movie clip so you can understand <laughs> what I'm coming from. Okay. I, I believe you. I believe you. I just, I think people listening who are slam poets are going to go, her education is from the Goofy movie. <laughs> you know, I've got to say, though, I learned a lot from the Muppet movie growing up. So I'm I'm not going to, I don't hold that against you, Chelsea, at all. So, Perfect. okay, um, you've lived most of your life and then suddenly 2019 and you're published. How did that happen? Um, so... I'm actually, I'm, a, I'm in the military and one of my uh, girlfriends that I've known for a while, her mother owns a publishing company. But prior to that, I was always sending, you know, I was curating and sending my, my stuff out. And it just happened that this, um, this wonderful woman that I knew that was in the military with me was like, hey, you know, my mom's a, a publisher, you know, she has her own publishing house. And I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. So I started sending my stuff out. But when I sent my my stuff out to her, I, I didn't think anything would happen because I was getting rejected so much. And plus, um, it, it was more of a sense of like, 
all right, you know, she tells me this, but then I didn't send it out to like maybe two, three years later, after, I think after I met her, if I can get my timeline correct. But I was like, oh man, I remember she told me her mom's a, a publisher. Well, let me try her publishing house. Cause you know, um, I, I'm pretty sure you guys know this book too. I think it's called um, the, the Market. Is it the, the Writing Market? Is it the writing book that basically has a list of all the publishers across the country you can send your your oh your, yeah, yeah yeah the writers i feel like it's called the writing market or the writer's market or something weird like that but anyway i had that and i think i probably sent out my my book to everyone on that list <laughs> fantasy related and then i just happened to remember this woman and i was like oh my god my friend her mom let, let me hit her up and see what's going on so i sent it there and months and months later she was like yeah okay this is great you know send me more and and that's all she wrote that's kind of where it went from there and i was like whoa this is happening like you, get, <laughs> you start to get really happy and then you start to get very scared in the beginning like oh wow this this is this is happening so no totally yeah. well that's you know it's interesting i always say it's that how you meet people there's a degree of fate sometimes involved with writing and who you meet and how you meet them and everything like that. Because, you know, it just takes that one person sometimes to go, hey, head in this direction, that's direction to go. Because I know a lot of artists that um, have queried a ton and it's a loss every time you get that rejection letter back. But sometimes you don't even realize they may not be reading your work if you don't get a rejection letter that says, hey, I read this, but X, Y, and Z, and here's the thing, then you could, you know what I mean? It's useless because if, like, I remember when I submitted, um, oh, oh God, this was a long time ago, but I submitted and I got back a couple of rejection letters and they look like they were copies of a copy of a copy. Like, you know how when something's copied yeah. several times, you can see around the edges that it was copied. Yep. And I was, when I got that, I was like, this is really shitty yeah. that this was what they decided to do. I, here's my art. I'm giving it to you. You don't have to like it or want it, but at least have the decency to send me a rejection letter on regular paper that you haven't copied. Yeah. Like use, use a fucking printer people. Like how hard is this? Right. At least reprint your fabrication. Don't give me a copy of a copy of a copy. <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. And I was like, oh God, never, never do that. Yeah. Okay. So what is your first book? So my first book is actually called uh, Angel. And um, it is basically about an angel who had uh, traveled through time and had actually basically had to prove herself because she became the, she became the, the, the savior of the earth later on. And, you know, that was pretty much her calling. So, you know, now that I'm thinking and talking about my book, I feel like that weird meme that kind of asks you, so tell me what your book is about. And then you're kind of like trying to pin everything together. <laughs> like a mad yeah, You can't remember your synopsis. Yeah. Of it, so you start panicking. I do that all the time too. That's, I feel like that's completely normal. So, okay, no, it, it is. But let me just tell you, both of you, work on your elevator pitches. That's how this works. Somebody comes up, what is your book about? 30 seconds. This is what my book's about. Both of you. I can't. I lost her memory. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So nailed it. <laughs> so very cool. How many books have you published now? Um, right now I'm going on my fourth. Yeah, wow. That's my New Year's celebration <laughs> was coming in because I had just submitted 
the uh, second novel, which is actually the fourth book in the series, because I have two novelas and now this is the second novel, two novels coming in. Um, so yeah, I had just submitted the fourth book and that's what actually- What does it do to be published? Oh, good question. Um, in my head, my timeline is running probably February. Um, after it goes through the many editing hands and the proofreader and the beta readers and all that kind of stuff, I'm thinking February. Okay, and what is the name of this book? So when when we release this podcast, people can look for it. So right now, I'm actually uh, leaning towards uh, Date with the Demon. Very cool. That yeah. sounds like most of my 20-something years, so... <laughs> Probably not the same kind of demons, but just saying, <laughs> sounds like sounds like something I would do regularly. <laughs> oh, I'm laughing. That, no, that should be a book. It should be like you know how everybody does that speed dating. It should be like speed dating with a demon, and like you have like your five minutes. That would be so much fun. <laughs> now I'm writing that down. That is a really good idea. Speed dating with a demon. Speed <laughs> I have. This, I am telling you, Erica. Some of the times when we have our conversations on these shows, we come up with those off the wall ideas. Mm. I, well, sometimes they're ideas. brilliant, brilliant ideas. Yes. Okay, so you went into the military, Bernice. What, what branch of the military are you in? So I'm in the Air Force. I'm actually in the uh, Air National Guard. Very, very cool. Thank you for your service very Thanks. much. Um, so is that what you ended up doing? So you've been a writer, you've been a poet. What did you go to school for? Did you go to school for something? It's okay I, if you didn't. Hashtag I did not. Hashtag Chelsea did not. So it's okay. You don't know. <laughs> no, no, it's perfectly, it's totally fine. I went to school for political science, actually. I have a uh, bachelor's degree in, politi in uh, political science, and I have my master's in public administration. So basically, yeah. Are we going to see you in politics here soon? <laughs> I do all my politicking behind closed doors now for my the actual like organization that I do work for. But um, yeah, no, I started um, my career in actually advocating and researching. So I've always been a writer by trade, but it's it's been more of not the fun stuff, you know? Oh, I got it. It's, yeah, it's been the behind the scenes, forgive me, hopefully my job will never hear this, but <laughs> it's been more academically based than anything. So this, this here gives me more of a chance to just tap into something that I'm not doing academically as far as like writing all the research papers and advocating and all that kind of good stuff. Well, I trust me, I totally understand that. That's very yeah. cool. Okay, so how to take us on your journey from poetry to fantasy, because I'd like to know how you managed to go down the fantasy path. Well, I've, the thing, like, I've always been intrigued and I've always been a big, like, vampire buff. Like, I love books on vampires. I love books on angels and demons and all that kind of stuff. I mean, anything supernatural was pretty much my jazz. But I think when I was doing poetry, <laughs> more like it, it came from more of, um, more of a dark place, I would like to say. <laughs> well, yes. it, that can be the case. A lot of times, poetry, I'm not even going to ask what just happened to CR because her camera went out and now she's giggling uncontrollably. But poetry, a lot of times, can come from a dark place because sometimes you're trying to send 
uh, put a message into words that maybe you can't verbalize the way you want to, or, you know, kind of work out feelings on that. I think that's true. So um, does your book have vampires? Because you just said you like vampires. Does your book have vampires in it? Oh, yes. Yes. Good old sexy ones too. <laughs> very, very cool. So how long did it take you to write book one then? When you started and you were like, I have an idea and this is what I'm going to do. How long did it take you? So I, I'm going to be very frank. Um, so book one that was actually published, the novella, that actually took me just a month to write. So what happened is you that the actual, the actual first book that I did write was Trapped Inside Humanity. And that book actually took me several years to write. Like, I feel like it was actually sitting in a drawer for like 10 years. Like, I kid you not. <laughs> I think a lot of us have been through that where we start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, or start, put it away for a while, come back to it start at the beginning again because we decide everything we've written is garbage and we need to start again and then you know that's sort of the death of letting time inject into novels and stuff like that is if you wait too long you're a different person when you go to write the book again and okay. so like you want to change the whole thing I went through that with my first novel not my first short story but my first novel that I wrote which is my home on whore island and it took me eight years and I'm like, why the hell did it take me eight years? When I went to do the second one, it took me about four months to do the second one. But then I just, cause I was like, okay, I need to finish this book. I'm on a deadline, you know, yeah. to do but it. I think I do that too, though. Like even going back and reading like the, you know, denial, I go back and I'm like, what? Like, there's so many different ways you could, I think it's just a natural progression. Like, I think even like the greatest authors that had like, you know, 50 in their series do the same thing where they go back and they're like, what the hell? Oh, I know that. I can go back so and read easier. some of the first short stories I wrote and I love the story, but I'm like, oh my God, did I put this in there? Like, I'll be reading it out loud at some kind of event and be like, wow, ah, who the <laughs> hell wrote this? This is crap. Yeah, I have like, a whole file oh, on mine that's all I'll keep reading. That's so great. <laughs> no, absolutely. Because it's like, you know, I had trapped inside humanity and I've, it took me 10 years to actually put that out there. And I, and it was basically because, right. It was the writing, the stopping, the writing is stopping. And then it was reading it over and being like, wait a minute, I can finish this. This is going somewhere. But then it was sounding like garbage. And I'm like, oh boy, who wrote this shit? Oh, that was me. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I allowed to curse here? I apologize. You're allowed to curse. Yes. This is an adult fucking podcast. <laughs> we are drinking on a podcast. It's adult. 18 and up. <laughs> So I'm sitting back like, oh my gosh, but you know, after I cleaned it up and I was saying to myself, no, I can actually put this out there. Like, this is actually pretty good. And it got picked up. I was like, wow. But now as I'm reading it, I was actually speaking with my publisher a while back about it. And since it was, it is the first book in my series. And um, I said to her, I think I want to re-release it. So we may actually just clean that up and that may come out again right after this one, you know, and cool. cover and see what yeah, happens. Just be careful about the re-releases. Don't go down that path too far because mm. you can work on that same book forever. That's all you'll ever do is work on that same book and then you'll get <laughs> yeah. down there. Release it oh 20 different times and it's, it's slightly different and yeah. Which yeah. Means, is it Pride and Prejudice that actually was re-released a whole bunch of times or... 
feel like it was one of I don't know because I do not like her. <laughs> I have said that on this podcast before. There are a lot of fans of her, Jane mm-hmm. Austen. Mm-hmm. I am not a fan of Jane Austen at it's all. It's so dry. <laughs> it's so long. It's it's so long. It just is. I'm I'm you know, you talk about a slow burn and it's like not even an ember. The fire like, has gone something out. Is, yeah, <laughs> still burning in the fire at all. There's no smoke. You're like, is this fire lit? You're getting up to go get more wood because you're like, I don't understand what's happening here. Yeah. That is Jane Austen. But it's, you know, I've seen and talked to authors who get so stuck in trying for a perfection. Mm-hmm. Your book will never be perfect. Your book is going to be as good as it is right then. And anybody who tries for perfection basically is not continuing to write Mm -hmm. because I think all of us could pick up our first books again and go through it and tear through it and rewrite it and whatever, but it doesn't do anyone any good to do that. They want, we should give the next one and the next one because now we're better writers than we were before. Right. You know, and people, believe it or not, readers know that they don't expect you to be you know the most brilliant if they love your work they love your work and readers will overlook a lot of little things in your book but if uh, the only thing i ever say is if you're writing a book and you think by any stretch of the imagination it could turn into a series write your book that way Mm -hmm. even if it's the only one you ever write write your book in a way that you don't like kill off your main character that you suddenly have to bring back from a multiverse because you killed them off because you're an idiot and somebody wants the series <laughs> you know just don't do stupid crap like that said no one ever anyway um okay we actually have to take a quick bake break we will be right back with drinking with authors i know i'm using all the words it's fine <laughs> our sponsor today on drinking with authors is skunk brother spirits Skunk Brother Spirits was started by a family of disabled veterans focused on locally sourced quality distilled spirits. Their name was inspired by their pops, who was nicknamed Skunk. Skunk's father was a moonshiner in Oregon back when it wasn't exactly legal. Now the brothers are taking the family business legal with their Washington-based team using their grandfather's Prohibition-era moonshine recipe to bring small batch spirits to the gorge and beyond. From the moonshine corn whiskey to the apple pie brandy, all of their spirits are handmade in Washington. Believing they already have the best ingredients in the local community, they work with local farmers and suppliers to produce the highest quality spirits from scratch. You can find them on Facebook at Skunk Brothers and on Twitter at Skunk Bros Inc. Or visit their site www.skunkbrotherspirits.com and use coupon code DWA10 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. You can always also ask your local retailer to start stocking Skunk Brother Spirits. Regardless of how you get your hands on a bottle or two, grab a drink and don't forget to get skunk. Okay, we're back. And apparently we might get a visit from Chelsea's husband in the background of this video. So if you're watching the YouTube, which by the way, I'm super excited. We now have a video person that's catching up all my episodes and putting them up on YouTube. I'm uberly excited about this situation. So our shenanigans are now going to be in video. Yeah, no, they are. Totally. I told you that when we started recording that they're in video. I tell everybody that. I just didn't have a video guy. Now I have a video guy. His name is Duster, by the way, which makes me think he's from the Old West. 
I don't ask questions, so. Does he wear a duster? I have not seen him in person except for Zoom, and he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt at the time. Okay, I'm going to have to request a duster over said Hawaiian shirt. I will let him know immediately. I mean, he's a video nerd, so I doubt he actually even wants to be on video, but (laughs) I will work it out somehow. Okay. So Bernice, you have written four books. This is awesome. Date with a Demon. That sounds like my entire 20s. Um, let's talk about- New anthology. Like, what, <laughs> what, is your, what is your goal with writing? Like when you started this, when you started doing it, what did you decide your goal was going to be? You know, I, I didn't have one. I honestly, like when I published the book, I seriously just thought it was going to be a one and done. But as I started, because I, I'm ex- extremely new to the game, you know, when you're new to the game, it's like you get so excited and hooked on the one book, but you don't really understand the process very well. So I kind of just jumped in head first and was like, let's see where this goes. So um, after getting picked up by the publisher, it was more of like, no, I can only pick this book up if it's going to be in a series. So you know, it's kind of laid out like a couple of backstories, some novels, and let's see where we go from here. So that's kind of where I am now. Um, I think my, you know, as far as in the process that I am, I feel that like right now, the goal is just to pretty much see as far as I can go with my characters. Like right now I'm four books in, I'm scheduled for six. So let's see if after six, if I still got a couple in me, or if I just want to change things around and still stick in the fantasy genre and maybe get a whole set of characters, a whole new storyline and see where we go from there. So, so in your thing, go ahead. You go Chelsea, but I have, I have a serious question after and we might be on the same wavelength. Let's see. Go. Well, I was just saying, so you said you have six in this series. So mm-hmm. are you doing six full length novels or are you doing novellas to count into your six? So yeah, so there are three novellas and three novels that are scheduled to come out. Um, or I can play it out to where it can just be two novellas and the rest will just be novels. But um, right now I have the two novellas and this second novel coming out. So let's see what's, where it's gonna go from here. <laughs> I'm gonna go shorter or I'm gonna go on the longer route. <laughs> so that that is my question for you on a series. So right now I have two series that I'm working on, right? Um, uh, CR has um, many because she's got a whole world that she's built and she's got seven books, uh, well, five books in this first series, but six novellas? Six novellas? Yes. Yeah. Um, and by novellas, I mean like 30,000 words because she doesn't know how to write a short story to save her life. Um, we've discovered this. And then she's got all these other sets of stories. And of course, I already know there's going to be novellas intermixed with them because of how she writes. So when you got this and you wrote this book once, you did the thing I talked about right before the break about like writing a book and then, hi, by the way, we need it to be a series. What, um, how has that gone for you in projecting out for six books? That's a lot of books. Not that it's bad, but how has it been trying to sit down and go, okay, this is what I'm doing? You know, actually, it's been actually pretty well. Um, It's it's been going very well because there's always something happening. In fantasy, it's like anything goes. So 
you know, although I may have one storyline, but there are like a hundred other Easter eggs that I put in there that it can go anywhere. So that's kind of where it's like, I'm not running out of where I want to take my characters. I've been very lucky there because I guess I've just been overanalyzing and overthinking. So um, as far as that's, as far as answering your question, I, I think that um, I, I don't see myself running out of a storyline anytime soon. <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome. But have you laid out what the books are going to be? Oh, good question. Um, I wasn't much of an outliner in the beginning, but now I am. Now I do see myself outlining, but just the outlines, I just use it to just keep myself on track. So I have like a whole board of who's doing what, who has what powers, where is what going, so that I know for like the next book, who's going to be in, in what book doing what with whatever characteristics they have. So I just won't forget that. But yeah, no, I, I've been definitely outlining now. No, okay. that makes sense. I, I think you, however you do it as a writer, you have to figure out how to put the pieces together yeah. so that you, again, don't do dumb shit in your novels where people are like, what? And then you backed yourself into a corner that you cannot get out of no matter what you try to do. Oh. Um, so when you started writing books versus poetry, did you go to writers groups or classes or what did you do? Or did you just go, Screw the world, I'm going to write things on the stuff. <laughs> Screw the world, I'm going to write this on the stuff. <laughs> I love that. That should be a new technical way to do things. Screw the world, I'm just going to do things and stuff. I don't need education. Screw I'm going to write things on stuff. <laughs> I'm going like to figure this it. out on my own. If you love it, yay. If you don't, I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you, have you gotten involved in writers groups then and stuff or, you know, any sort of like community activities with other writers? I have, yes. So here's the extent. Um, what I do, I do not, as far as the writing stuff go, like I don't sit back and kind of switch, you know, switch out on work where other writers may say, hey, you know, look at my stuff, I'll look at your stuff. I do not do that. What I do, however, do is um, I do a lot of reviews now. So as far as okay. author and writer's community goes, I, I look for more storyline than, you know, content or grammatical errors. I'm no one's English teacher at the same time. So I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna say here and proofread your work. <laughs> Because that's something in my day job I can do. That gets a little daunting for me. But I, I am a person that I love a good story. So when it comes down to it, I, I am part of an author community where we review each other's books. And for um, my publishing company right now, like I just joined their re review team. So I do go around and review a lot of the author's work. So that's as far as my writing community goes, as far as where I can get ideas or, you know, see what's going on in everybody else's world. Are you friends with a lot of writers? I do, yes. Yes. Very cool. Okay, so then what about setting up, so now you've published a book and you have to set up your social media and stuff. How's that gone? So I, the only social media platform I have right now is Instagram. Um, oh. Actually, yeah, I have a very good following on Instagram. Um, I know a lot of wonderful writers that I met from all around the world. And it's just kind of, that's kind of been my community, you know, my people there and 
hanging out with them and listen, reading their stuff as far as them reading my stuff as well. <clears throat> but like I said, like it's more reviewing than anything. Um, so the social media aspect of it and also finding readers, that's been pre going pretty well there as also what I, what I can't get into is TikTok now. Everyone's in the new wave of TikTok. I don't understand it. It kills my brain cell. <laughs> like, I'm trying to get my kids to help me. <laughs> but I don't know. How, how is it for you guys? Like, um, are you guys on any social media platform ever? Oh, yeah. No, we're on, um, at least I'm on. Um, I, well, first of all, I have the podcast, which is on all the platforms. And then the publishing company is on all the platforms. And I'm on the platforms. I haven't done a lot of on TikTok, but we have a marketing person that's working on our TikTok stuff because you have to be very much on TikTok all the time. You can't like sort of be on TikTok. You have to constantly be ticking and talking, so to speak, right? That's what they look for on there. So um, yeah, I haven't been, but I think, you know, I think Facebook can be good still at times to create a community especially of fans that want to talk about to each other and to you about the work i think facebook is a really good avenue for that creating a fans page on facebook a lot of authors and then you can invite other authors to sort of do what's called a takeover of your fan page and then you can introduce people because you're never going to produce enough books for your audience to be satiated all the time so sometimes it's really good to get with other authors and then share because they're having the same problem you are, you know? Mm -hmm. So. I think social media is hard. <laughs> I think it's so it hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so hard. Okay, and um, with the uh, community that I'm on on Instagram, that's kind of what we do for each other. Like, well, you know, um, how do you say market each other's books like you know we'll put it in our stories or we'll put it in our feed and we'll go from there so how has writing been different for you in um pre-covid versus post-covid world hmm, good question so post-covid <laughs> pre-covid i wasn't getting any real writing in all of my work seemed to happen during covid oh wow when we're all indoors <laughs> so are, would, do you feel like you got a lot done because yeah. a lot of writers who were writing before did not get as much don't didn't feel like they got as much done That's you know so they, do you, i guess does is it because are you working from home now do you have more time right yeah so i do work from home now uh prior to covid i was not i was in the office all the time and kind of just trying to figure it out, trying to stick nope. in my writing anywhere I could. <laughs> Very cool. So um, you said book four is coming out. Um, had you Have you already started working on book five then or did you just wrap up book four? I just wrapped up book four, but I do have like this, I'm going to use the word imaginary outline <laughs> that's going on in my head right now. So I do have more ideas in the works for book five. Very cool. Very cool. And what do you like to read? What are your favorite things to read? Who are some authors you enjoy? Oh, I read pretty much anything. Um, I, except for 
except for some romance. I don't read too, like I, I can get into it, but when it's just romance between humans, I get a little bored. <laughs> oh, I see we're not interested in the humans. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I mean, other than that, like I read pretty much anything that comes my way. Especially, you know, I read this one book from this amazing, amazing woman, actually. Um, I'm picking the book out right here because she just sent it to me. I have to give her a shout out. This is when we do this. My, one of my great, there's so many talented authors, like I said, I, I met on Instagram, but one of the books that I swear to you almost made me cry was this book by Tammy Freebie. I don't know, can you see this? Or well, no, no it's not. Uh, there, oh, there we go, yes. Most of it. It's getting weird. <laughs> I think it's like, okay. Born this way? Yes, born this way. So it's basically about a young man who is gay and trying to find himself and needs to come out within the community. And he's from a very church affiliated home. And it's just his journey and his works on how he is traveling through life. But it's, it's a very much of a tearjerker. And that book really hit home. I was like, wow. The writing is just amazing. The storyline, everything. But that's one of my favorite books. <laughs> just Very cool. Favorite all when, time. When, when you sit down to write, what is it like? Do you need it to be quiet? Can you, do you want it to be in a coffee house? Like, what is it? What do you want it to be like when you're writing? Well, you're generally when I'm writing, I'm always listening to music. So I have some, some earbuds in trying to just get some inspiration get my groove on and that's it what kind of music do you listen to when you're writing so i listen to this one band called the muse oh i know the muse absolutely yeah. i've seen the muse in concert twice did you i'm jealous yeah. yes <laughs> i also have seen 30 seconds to mars eight times because they seem to be in every concert like collective that i was going to for a number of years like there was a concert in Tampa area called Next Big Thing. They were there and then they were at the um, uh, Taste of Chaos tour. And anyway, there's Chevelle's Panic at the Disco. Got to see a lot of very cool bait. Yes, I got to see the Panic at the Disco <laughs> for their Black Parade tour, which was really, really uh, awesome. Cause they oh do the entire God. CD in order. Like when they do the songs, cause it's a story. So they do them all in order. It's pretty, it's pretty badass, not gonna lie. I'm sure, but I do have to ask for the muse is the, the lead singer. Is he really great in person? Like his voice is amazing. <laughs> he is great in person. A lot of those bands again are because I think those kind of bands don't have nearly the synth on them that a lot of bands do because they play a lot of small venues before they get famous versus sometimes pop stars. Not that pop stars can't sing. Trust me. I, could never sing like Ariana Grande if I tried. Um, but uh, there are some of these pop stars that are created are created with the voice and the, you know, thing. And so yeah. then when you get them in person, you're like, what the hell is happening? But the bands, on the other hand, they've done it like um, uh, I saw Paramore and she they were all still teenagers when I saw them, you know, because wow. when they started, they were all um kids and there was another band that's very much like that in the oh fly my god I, what flyleaf was like that too flyleaf yeah mm -hmm. where they're very young and they get on stage and there's you know these teenage girl singers that are just unbelievable you know 
So it's amazing. Okay, Chels, I realized I haven't let you ask a question, my friend. What is your end? Do you have your end goal for your series? Because like, I know you said you have a lot of ways that you can expand it, but if they told you at the end of six, this is, you know, this is six, we're done at six. What is your, do you have how you want to end it? Like, are you an author that would leave it with a finality or are you an author that would leave it with like a cliffhanger? So if in the future you wanted to come back to it, because I know you said that you were looking at thinking about different genres and things. So if you wanted to take a break, do you have an idea of how to end your current series? Hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll end it in a way where everything is just a dream, right? <laughs> okay, no, no, no. Gonna get a bunch of last people now, upset. Can't do the lost <laughs> ending where everybody is already know, dead. That's, that's they weren't the, already dead though. No, it's fine. We won't do this. We won't do this. We're not doing this. I stopped watching Lost after season three because I was like, "What is happening?" Like, I guess I almost walked out when they killed Charlie because Corey was like, "No, he doesn't die. He doesn't die." And then. When they took out Mr. Echo, I was done. I was like, yeah. you know what? I just Stop. can't. And then I saw the end of it and I was like, oh, every shut up. Just were, shut up. They were dead the entire that. time. Yeah. They weren't though. If you act, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I can get really heated over TV shows, movies, like that type of stuff. Like, yeah, Don't get her started movie. on Marvel movies because no. that's fun no. to watch. Oh, that yeah. is not a good idea. <laughs> no, it's a bad idea. Not. She's we're, had too much here. to drink. <laughs> No, that, that part was just my my sarcasm. No, um, if I knew if, do I have an angle on how to end it? Um, no, to be honest, no. But if they told me I had to end it, then I'll think of something. It'll, it'll probably, people will probably be disappointed. <laughs> hope it won't turn all gamey thronies on them, you know? <laughs> that can happen. Yeah, I did not envy that. George R. R. Martin at all. Right. <laughs> You know, I was thinking about that actually when I was cooking something earlier in the kitchen is if you had a series and it went through like what his went through, because I was, I actually watched the Harry Potter reunion was on TV, right? The 20 year reunions on HBO Max. And they were talking about it. And I had to remember that when they started filming the first one, the rest of the books weren't written. Right. I think four yeah, I think books. There was only a, yeah, four or five. Yeah, when they like started that. filming the series. And so she's still writing books. It was four or five were written. So the rest weren't written, which is the last three have some of the most impactful things in them. Four, five, and you know, what is it? Sorry, five, six, and seven. Mm -hmm. All of it has impactful things. Potter fans don't go nuts, but I'm just saying there's right. it's really got boycotted. Right. Yeah, totally got it. But <laughs> Um, I was thinking about this and I thought, you know, if, if a book series I had went into a TV show and they went all these directions with it and there was all this bad outcry and outpour and all of this stuff that happened and, you know, fans loving this part of it and not loving this other part of it. And I kind of went, what if you just didn't want to write it? What if you were like, you know what, fuck it. I don't want to do it. I want to just kind of leave whatever as is. I just wonder really? if... What? You would go full on mute me. It would be like everybody was on a boat and the world came up to your door and we're just like hijacking your boat. That's exactly what happened. Can you imagine if JK Rowling decided to do that at book four? Well, like she just stopped? You know, it's true, except for the series has way more fans than the books had fans. Let's be honest. Like that series did, they yeah. went in a different direction. 
there's nothing that man is going to write that's going to make people happy, right? Mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. I think anything would be better than, like, I never actually watched Game of Thrones. I always waited for it to be over. So, like, I have actually started it, and, like, Corey watched it, and he was full-on rampage mode with the Yeah, battle. don't watch So, I'm eight. assuming, yeah, so I'm don't assuming whatever eight. he writes will be, like, glorified. Go down in history. Yeah. yeah. I've never read any of the books from his series. I just jumped into the entire Game of Thrones, the entire show. See, I read the books before I watched the series. The books, I think, are fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, The series went a different way on a lot of things. And as I lose more fans since the Potter thing and the Game of Thrones, just what they did with season eight, though, is fucking terrible. And yeah, well, I hope those writers learned their lesson because they had the Star Wars series that was given to them, taken away after what they did with season eight. So that's called karma, bitches. Yeah, I feel like one of the biggest things people have to remember is I always treat movies, shows, things like that that come off of books like fan fiction because there is no way you can turn what was done into a book adequately into oh, it's, a, a movie, a show, anything like that that people are actually going to to appreciate fully. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. That's not the problem with season eight. So see, I haven't watched it. I can't cover my ears because I have headphones in. No, I I know it's fine. It's not that. It's that they spent seven years building a bunch of like little, like sort of weaving this tale. Mm -hmm. And then imagine you spent all this time building up this character arc to not have that happen and to do something completely fucking different in two minutes and destroy the character. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like when you, you know, when like you as a person, you go to do something and then like you have your spouse finish it off and they don't know what you're doing. That's basically, that's basically what I can imagine it is. Like I said, yeah. I haven't Well, okay. It. I can give this analogy. Imagine instead of in book seven where Neville ends up killing the fucking snake, right? At the Right. Thing, okay. Right? Imagine Neville in book six decides to go to a different school. <laughs> And leaves that is a note. So terrible. You know what? I'm not even gonna watch it. I'm just not gonna even watch it. No, I'm an episode in, and I'm just done. I'm done. I'm over it. That's how bad it is. It's like <laughs> Neville leaves them a note saying, "Decided to go to a Muggle school. This is too much for me." Hashtag fuckers keep screwing me over. I'm done. <laughs> you should watch it. Just see what all the hype is about. What all the disappointment is about. <laughs> It's a great show, but anyway, okay. So um, we are nearing the end of the podcast. Bernice, what advice would you give writers out there? Oh, tons of advice. Um, Keep on writing. Just never stop. I mean, if writing is your hobby or your passion or something you like doing, absolutely go for it. Um, Also, from your advice earlier, my whole thing is get a team when you're publishing your book when you're writing your novel when you're trying to clean it out definitely try to find a team the betas the alpha readers the proofreaders the editors they are so 100 important so definitely in any way possible try to see if you can find a team and the team necessarily doesn't have to be your best friend or you know it can be like your grandma maybe she's someone that loves reading you never know she can be a great beta reader so maybe not because sometimes grandmas love their kids way too much so that's probably i was gonna say i think the best beta readers generally (laughs) are not people who know you no right definitely a beta reader find someone who loves to read but doesn't know you 
there you go. <laughs> I love that. Okay. How do your fans find your books? How do they find you? So I'm on Amazon. You can always Google my name, Bernice Burgos, um, Angel Series. It will definitely pop up. I always tell people this also. I am Bernice Burgos, the author, not the model. So if they try to Google me, do not Google my name. The model will show up. That is not me. <laughs> so, Doesn't she live close to you? I kind of remember this from the last podcast. Uh, Yes. I swear one day I want to meet her because it's like we live in the same town. We're about the same age. It's, it's weird, except she makes a thousand times more money than I do. <laughs> <laughs> but but yes, um, they can find me on Instagram too, Bernice uh, underscore Burgos fiction author. Very, very cool. Well, it was wonderful having you on the show again. Thank you so much for being here. It has been awesome having me absolutely okay and before i sign off i'm gonna remember skunk brother spirits skunkbrotherspirits.com you should be able to find the coupon code in the notes of the podcast plus i'm gonna put it all over social media so check them out yesterday i had a blueberry cinnamon cordial and i drank more than half the bottle so anyway so they're amazing but this has been Drinking with Authors. I've been your host, Erica Lance. My co-host has been C.R. Rice. And our guest has been Bernice Burgos. And we will see you guys next time. Bye.